0: May is Masturbation Month, and masturbation always represents self-care at The Pleasure Chest. The Pleasure Chest Instagram stories are going live all month long, with mini-workshops centering self-love. There's one every week at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, that's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, each with a corresponding gift with online purchase at pleasurechest.com. Their staff educators have tons of tips to get you more in touch with yourself and all the benefits of masturbation. Orgasms are healthy. Regular orgasms boost your immune system, improve sleep, regulate your cycle, lower stress, help with chronic pain, increase nutrients to the brain, and help you live longer. A vibrant solo sex life allows you to access that wellness without the stresses of, you know, other people. Masturbation May is also in full effect at the Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York City Pleasure Chest stores with free in-person workshops and events. Make sure you're following at Pleasure Chest Stores on Instagram for those live streamed workshops and check out pleasurechest.com for info about upcoming classes and masturbation specials all month long. This masturbation may prioritize your pleasure with the Pleasure Chest. So what do you think the difference between an erotic comic that has a story such as they broke into the basketball player's house to seduce him versus something that is more surreal or more imagery based or more mood based I mean obviously you can have both but do you think that an erotic comic
2: benefits from a story um that's a great question you know what's funny I feel like men like really love a story Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean like if you ever ask a guy like who they fantasize about they like to have the story of like oh I was like you know, out and I met Britney Spears or whatever. And she was like, come in my hotel. And like, I was like, wow. Like, so I think that there's just like, for whatever, like, like straight men, like love that story of getting into
0: it. Well, it's so interesting that you say that because (laughs) the, the stereotype is that women like stories and men like imagery that men are satisfied with the Sears catalog because there's like women, there's like naked female bodies in underwear, mm-hmm. I should say straight men and that like or that a that a gay man would be satisfied by seeing just like a, a picture of a guy in a jockstrap and that like you're good to go that all men need is a visual. And that's why men like going to strip clubs because they like seeing sexy bodies undulating and that when men are watching porn that they don't care about the story and that porn for women really values a story and feeling and that women women just really care about feeling it you know i th- i think that you bring up a really good point that yeah I, first of all i know many many men people i know personally people i've had relationships with and clients as well that have incredibly elaborate yeah. stories i think that men care about what sex means more than we
2: give them credit for
0: Mm-hmm. I and that women are like satisfied by just like a jiggling butt mm-hmm. more than we give them credit for
2: yeah i think you're 100 percent right and i think you know if if story wasn't so important to like you know the arousal of straight men why would there be such a huge proliferation of like stepsister porn yep. Yeah. Yo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. Because if, if, again, like you said, if it's what sex means, then why even bother slapping that label on it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. I mean, we could go down the
0: incest <laughs> hole if you want, but I, <laughs> I, I totally agree. And, yeah, the idea that you could have two people, that you could be watching a video of two people having sex... And you could be attracted to one or both of them. You could appreciate the lighting. You could like the production value. You know, you could really like their vigor and energy and the way that it's framed and the way that it's staged. But if the scenario is my stepbrother's blackmailing me. That gives it a whole other dimension. I mean, mm-hmm. I would rather know why these people are having sex personally, but I don't need like an epic, right? you know, intricate explanation. I just want to know who these people are. Yeah. What do they value? Yeah. What do they care about? Let's get to know them. Is this f- forbidden? <laughs> Is it mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. What does this sex mean to them? Yeah. It's hotter.
2: For sure. For sure. So, I I mean, I don't tend to myself have feel like I have too much of a preference either way, if mm. there's a story or not. I will tell you that the ones that have had narrative arcs to them are the ones that stick out in my mind more, mm-hmm. as opposed to ones that maybe I just, like, you know, watched, enjoyed, and that was sort of it. Like, I can't really recall. Like, um, you know, I, I remember a lot in erotic like a lot of storylines from like erotic manga mm. a lot of the time, because it's just, they're funny. Like yeah. they have a humor element to them that you're just like, this is great. Like I read one that was like a, a girl was like an idol, you know, like a pop star mm. and she had a manager that was geeky and like just abused him, you know, and like <laughs> oh. make, make him like fuck her before she like went on stage. And oh, stuff. that's great. Isn't that great? And I was like, this is fantastic. And he, he was just like, I don't think we should, you know, like it was very, oh my God. like it was sweet. And then it's like, they would fuck and she'd like go sing a song and he'd be like in the audience, like, wow, you know, it's just like, wow, I'm filing that, that one away. <laughs> I wish I could find it again. What but a it's great,
0: like, what a, what a great way of sort of turning the tables of how those power dynamics often do work, mm-hmm. which is the, you know, exploitative right. manager, right. You know,
2: putting, I'm so sad. I don't you- have it anymore. It's just like it's tears in the rain now. It's just gone. <laughs> you know, I'm so sad. But I actually, I I wrote my first comic for somebody else fairly recently. Yeah, and it was for um, this anthology called Spitball, which is put out by uh, Ccad in Columbus. So students, they they pair like a like a comics professional with like a student, and so I wrote one, and and it wasn't erotic it very easily could be but it was kind of based in that world and I I wrote one about a pop star who has an assistant but she's just like super abusive to her and makes her like wear a maid outfit to like (laughs) do her stuff and you know the the young woman who drew it was great yeah and she was very like respectful of the material and I think she knew like Oh, I'm doing Katie Skelly's story, you know. This is how it's going to be. It's going to be pubes. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a fetish outfit in here somewhere. But she was great. But I I would love to develop that story further cuz it's too. so fun.
0: Uh, well, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I uh yeah, you know, you bring up also an interesting point which is that there can be an erotic or fetishistic aesthetic to a comic that doesn't necessarily have fucking in it Mm -hmm. and somebody might enjoy for the same reason that we were talking about before just like not necessarily like coming to orgasm but just enjoy the sort of almost like pin up erotics of just looking at or, or re- like either reading a story or looking at imagery that is about maybe something that if you read it literally, it's an abusive situation. But if you're reading it with a fetish bent or uh, fantasy, then all of a sudden it's about like erotic humiliation mm-hmm. and power and exploration of power.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, erotic manga, man. They have the best storylines, I'm telling you. It's always, like, scans that I find mm. on the internet of stuff. So what was another one that I really liked? Oh, so many.
0: I'm not... I actually ha- don't know my my manga or my anime as well as I know my more Western cartoons mm-hmm. and, and comics.
2: Well, I've, I've also gotten really into Go Nagai recently, who... Um, did the like original Devilman Crybaby comics and I don't know animation. anything about that. Netflix put out like a new Devilman Crybaby like mini series. I think it's like 10 episodes and it's, you know, a very like new slick style of animation. It's very cool. But Gonagai himself like all of his stuff is so bonkers and fetishy. He did um the Cutie Honey manga and anime. And it's just like a girl who's constantly it's it's almost like a Barbarella kind of thing Mm. where it's like your fetish is just somebody constantly being horny and constantly having a new outfit on. And I'm with it. Well, that's
0: like uh, uh, Milo Minara. Am I pronouncing that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Milo Minara. I mean, those actually I I definitely uh, have jerked off to those like there's something about those stories that are like click. Yeah, I mean, it's basically just, like, the same scenario over and over of either somebody, well, speaking of things that can't literally happen or that would be very morally dubious if they were literally happening, like, the idea of of somebody having, like, a device or something where somebody can basically just, like, use a, a remote control vibrator and click it. Mm -hmm. And then they get so turned on that they're just going to grab whoever they are near and like, fuck them as if their life depends on it. Mm -hmm. That of course in real life is not very good consent politics, but like in within the fantasy, the idea that like you have no responsibility for your actions because somebody else is in control of you. It's almost like a, like hypnotism or brainwashing that like, you can indulge in this just like pure primal animalistic sexuality because somebody else has control over you Mm -hmm. and then, or that you as the viewer can just enjoy this person enjoying pure, a pure erotic experience Mm -hmm. without any of the hangups of like feelings that we're all like very used to. Right. Right. But then again, a story that is erotic and has feelings can be really satisfying as well.
2: Yeah something that I always love bringing up when it comes to Minara and the Click comics is that honor killings were legal at the time that those comics were coming out in Italy. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something I th- this can, you is explain,
0: like, can you explain an honor killing?
2: If your wife cheats on you, you can straight up shoot her. You can kill your wife. What, in the 60s? The 70s and 80s in Italy. Wow. Yeah. I know. Fuck. I know. And so the idea of rape and criminality it, it's just not there you know so there's that and that's where click becomes really interesting to me because my friend sarah hawk said something really great about it once which was that it was like lobbing a grenade into society like women's sexuality and agency and sort mm. of what they could do with their sexuality was just throwing a grade, grenade into Italian society because well, every time that she's stimulated it's utter chaos. Right. And it's not even because she her appetite is so strong, it's because everyone around her has no idea how to handle it. Right. People are trying to cover her up, put her away, right, you know. Huh. Yeah. Totally. And then people with the 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 people that tend to you know, she engages with sexually when she's in that state of arousal tend to be the lower classes. Hmm. And so, you know, it's like a, just people at the movie, like that crude guy at the movie theater or like, you know, the Butler who's like in love with her or whatever. And so it's, it is this sort of like, what are you trying to tell me? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Is know- this really like a class critique? <laughs> exactly. It's like, I know you're super horned up. I got it. What else is going on? It's gotta be something else here. Wow, that is really interesting. Isn't that wild?
0: I mean, just like talking about the general subject of why are people into erotic comics. I mean, like I said, I grew up absolutely loving comics, and my parents used to bring me like Tales from the Crypt comics when I was homesick, which maybe tells you something about my twisted imagination. (laughs) As I got older, I got into superhero stuff and and sci-fi stuff. You know, and I used to go to comic book stores. In there was one comic book store in my hometown, and and anytime we would go to like San Francisco, I would that's where I would always want to to visit a comic book store. And actually, like when I got to go to Europe when I was relatively young, that was what I loved to do. I loved to go to either newsstands or mm-hmm. little comic book stores and like get comics in like languages that I couldn't read and bring them home or like send them to my friends but when I was a teenager my one great yearning in life was to be able to go behind the curtain into the back room at the comic book store Mm -hmm. and let me tell you one of the very first things that I did when I turned 18 I just would like march into every goddamn comic book store and like slap my ID down and be like let me back there, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that that kind of thing still exists, even though like we don't have that as much in like video stores. The mm. idea of like the back room in the video store. I think comic book stores still have like sexy back room sections, but
2: yeah, I've I've seen. It's been a long time since I've seen like a behind the curtain situation, but I've definitely seen like an erotic shelf. Yeah, that's tucked into the back corner yeah but
0: so but the 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 fact that that there was a back room which to be honest was usually more like an alcove yeah behind a curtain and that it was forbidden to go back there until you reach this arbitrary age Mm -hmm. and then once you have that qualification that clearance that you're allowed to go back there and you know if you're like An 18-year-old girl, you're, like, making all the, like, sleazy guys in there really uncomfortable, which, you know, is certainly my mission in life. (laughs) Um, But uh, I I was just so... It it made every comic that I discovered in those rooms so much more charged because I hadn't been allowed to. Mm -hmm. And then I was allowed to. And I was like, being an adult means freedom. Mm -hmm. to perv out and I haven't really stopped. (laughs) Do you have early memories of erotic comics?
2: Yes. Because I used to go to a little place called Dreamscape Comics in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where I'm from. I believe it has since closed. It was also the first place to ever sell my comics because I would sell little zines and stuff. Cool. Yeah, I sold maybe like one every 25 years or something, but it it felt very cool. (laughs) But they had not a back room but there was an adult section yeah and i would go there after high school or even middle school i think i was pretty young and i would read dave cooper's ripple like a couple chapters at a time and i was also reading like lolita so very, i think those were super formative in like you know the pleasure is in wanting yeah and the pleasure is also in the obsession Mm. and sort of like not being able to stop you know like when you find that sort of moment of perfection that Mm. in both of those stories like very much exists when you're in it the knowledge that it's going to end is overwhelming and so sad but you have to like trudge through that yeah and i mean i know in, in both these instances i'm talking about like you know sex that is illegal and then also like um you know like the kind of the sex in ripple is so like grotesque and that's not like a, a judgment call sure or anything but it's just drawn to be grotesque and like all-encompassing and like horrible in a way yeah like just the knowledge that's that's going to end and you can't freeze time and you can't get back to it. And you know, there's something that's so powerful about that feeling to me, just like, you know, the first time that you sleep with someone, you're never going to have that time again. So that feeling of like, you're so nervous or maybe you're so aroused because it's the first time you don't know what's going to happen or whatever, like not being able to get that back. Yeah, it just makes you so much like more involved in the moment as it's happening. So I was, th- all of that is to say, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was very, like you said, charged. Like going in that store and reading that comic, a little bit at a time, just kind of like read a little bit, put it back, like buy you know my Gundam Wing comic or whatever. <laughs> I was like actually there to buy. Come back the next week, read a little bit more, and it also like it just introduced me to concepts in sex that like just weren't a part of my you know understanding as like a nice catholic school girl i didn't know Mm. about latex i didn't know about you know bondage i didn't know about um you know anything like anal i didn't i didn't i i just learned it from ripple and here we are (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry mom (laughs) she'll be fine she'll
0: be fine Yeah, I mean, I think that there's also something about this thing that we've been talking about with comics where you read them and you feel like you are participating that also makes it interesting and exciting to read about sexuality that you will never, like, in the literal sense be a part of like there's so much gay male erotic mm-hmm. comics that I have loved so much and in some cases that's about like you know exaggerated male bodies like I've spoken about Tom of Finland mm-hmm. or the idea of just like you know massive cocks that could never exist mm-hmm. in real life or massive loads that is not actually physically like whatever really happens to my knowledge and just like really round muscles and like thick hair and like really round butts and but also like the intensity and immediacy of male and male desire in those stories and in that imagery especially when they're drawn by when it's gay male sex drawn by a gay male, you're also, like, getting an insight into the imagination of a gay male, which, like, as, like, a young queer woman was, like, I am never gonna, like, have this body or, like, be able to relate to another body in exactly this way, but through art and through culture, I can participate Mm -hmm. in that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I write comic reviews for the comics journal mm. whenever I have time, which is like never anymore. And I want to write more and I'm always writing to the editors and apologizing. Cause I'll like take an assignment and be like, Oh, <laughs> but I read a comic last year called my lesbian experience with loneliness. I've heard about that, that. Yeah. I, I can't help, but think maybe I was projecting what I wanted to have read onto it without appreciating it as much as I probably should have. But it was this book where, like, there are some sort of... It, it kind of gets into the sensuality of being with a woman. And it's, it's this girl's first sexual experience ever. Yeah. Like, she's just lived a life where, you know, she's been removed from sexuality. And she's been a little bit, like, um, I don't want to say, like... I don't know. Just kind of, like, emotionally not ready yeah. to deal with any kind of intimacy or sexuality or whatever and so she also has this kind of like dumb fearlessness like I was talking about before where it's like even though I'm shy and I haven't done this like I'm going to hire a female sex worker Interesting. and have sex and here we go and then she kind of gets into it and she's like oh my gosh I'm actually doing this but the thing that I didn't the thing that, like, the reason the book kind of failed to me, yeah, is because when it comes to that encounter, there's so little frankness about the feeling of like being touched for the first time, mm. or like even being in like the proximity to like this girl for the first time, or being in a closed room with someone for the like intention of sex. Like, it's just, it's so focused on like I'm shy, I'm shy, I'm shy. Huh. Suddenly I'm not shy. I'm shy again. I'm shy. It, there's just like. Even if she had this experience and is looking back on it, like, you know, years later or whatever. Yeah. There's still no, there's no, like, body. Yeah. There's no feeling. And it feels so much like I'm justifying this experience. But there's so little about the actual experience itself.
1: old up.
0: Well, another thing that I wanted to bring up was Lisa Hannewald, who yes. I really, really love. Who she's so grotesque, I love her. So grotesque, and, and I think a lot of people may be familiar with her work because she's like the art and production designer of Bojack Horseman, a show I really love. But she has been like an indie comics artist for a really long time, and like, I think that, I feel like her work has something in common with yours as well, where sometimes it's just like... Feels like fashion editorials, but of like really weird anthropomorphic mm. creatures, but like with a lot of personal style and also genitals. But then she'll do like movie reviews, <laughs> like this movie review of Point Break where like everyone is surfing into a vagina
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh. um, or like. The Avengers, the Hulk is trapped in a room containing nothing except my butt. And there's just like a butt poking out from, from a wall. Or like, it's like cocks and yeah. flowers. And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess this is connected back to the idea of like erotic comics being a space for surrealist, fantastical like, fabulous sex yeah. that you can't depict any other way because it's impossible, or that you shouldn't depict any other way because it would be unethical.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I think Lisa is really great in that she finds... It's not so much, like, finding humor in places that, like, it shouldn't be, Mm. but it's this deliberate, like, the the like erect penises with just like some wildflowers as if they're just kind of like part of that tableau naturally bouquet yeah yeah and it's just like it's it's grotesque in this particular way but it's also really beautiful like it's very beautifully rendered it's like watercolor yeah i mean this this is like somebody's this is her afternoon is working on that yeah so clearly there's like a love of drawing these sort of like grotesque sort of elements along not that like an erect penis is grotesque but just like they're very veiny (laughs) I mean take a look at some of these if you get the chance out there in radio land but like they're very veiny they're very like red they're ruddy it's just kind of like it's not to me it's not a like super aestheticized penis do you know what I mean yeah it's it's almost this like juxtaposition of like the beauty is equal there yeah and the idea that
0: That there's it, it sort of takes the idea of like what is okay to include to of what is okay to depict in art. Mm -hmm. That why not, while you're drawing flowers, also draw some dicks? Yeah, like it's all material Mm -hmm. for you to use.
2: Yeah, I it's funny, like, not with all of her of her work, but with stuff like that, I tend to put Lisa in this category of like, she almost reminds me of like a, the young British artists. Remember like Sarah Lucas or like a Tracy Eman. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like Sarah Lucas would do stuff like, you know, fry two eggs and just like put them over her boobs and <laughs> yeah. take a photo. Yeah. Like it's that it's that kind of grotesquerie of like the everyday it didn't trucey even make like
0: an installation that was just like a recreation of her like messy bedroom yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
2: yeah my bed
0: yeah or and like a tent with the names of everyone that she had had sex with she slept with yeah yeah Mm
2: -hmm. from like a certain it was like 1985 to 1987 or something like that yeah it was a longer range than that but that was a very and again it's, it's that sort of sort of like it's the personal and it's like the vulgar and yeah. it's the explicit because yeah, the names in that tent were like, it was also, you know, like her grandmother's name. Cause like they slept in the same bed. It, it wasn't, the sexuality is there, but it's also like, this is a whole person's experience, you know, of sleeping like, with yeah, people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In a literal sense. So, yeah. So I, I like Lisa's work a lot for that reason. I think it's very cool. I think people tend to, like critically get really, really into the comics. And I think that's good. Like if you want to talk about well-made comics, those are a hundred percent these, but I, I love those like weirdo little illustrations. They're just like, who are you doing these for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like nobody's commissioning that. I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the other thing about a lot of the comics that we've talked about today is that I th- maybe part of the appeal is that, they. You would only draw these because you really want to, mm-hmm. or you really have to. And they're not in the purpose of. They're not serving a conventional or mainstream story or image. Like these are things in your mind that you have to, that you have to get out. I mean, I guess one to sort of start to wind down one question that I have for you as somebody who is a writer and has definitely worked in some visual mediums like film and performance. um, But uh, like, I cannot, I am not a drawer at all. Like I know how it feels to have an idea and then, sit down with a pen and paper or at my laptop and to use language to try to explore the idea or create something beautiful out of that idea to share with people Mm -hmm. or to just simply to express myself because I I need to, because I'm an artist.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Can you talk a little bit about what it means or how it feels to have a notion or an idea or an image and just to like need to draw it or need to put it in a story or need to publish it on the internet or in a book. That
2: is such a great thing to talk about. I have no idea why I do it. It's that same dumb fearlessness of just like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, mushroom. Sex. Oh no, I just put my name on it and now it's in the world and people are emailing. No, it's um it's like, it's, it's a drive. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why it happens. I really don't. Sometimes it's like, you know, okay, if I, I know if I do a comic about this type of thing, a lot of people will be interested in it. Yeah. Like, um, on my 30th birthday, I put out a comic about Tanya Harding. Oh, yeah. And I, I love that comic so much. It was, it was a, a while before I, Tanya. Yeah, I know. Where's my check? Um, but no, it was it was way different. I mean, it's, it's about the same incident, obviously, but it's a different sort of approach to it. Um, a little bit. It's magical realism. And it's, you know, um, yeah. it's also sort of like the mythology of Tanya Harding, you know, the idea of it is ultimately like Tanya. Hit them with the crowbar, and it's like Tanya didn't. There was no crowbar involved, but a lot of people remember that story that way, right? So like, even I, was just, right,
0: I remember like right after it happened. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people like claimed that they could had the image and that they had remembered seeing footage mm-hmm. of Tanya
2: actually capping yes. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nancy, yeah which is, I mean, and that just speaks to like the, you know. The power of like almost the collective unconscious. Yeah, we want to believe that that's what happened. You know, there's yeah, a reason that our minds I can picture that the best. Yeah, because yeah, it's like the our, story that is tidiest. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and it's the best to think about too. Yeah. But um, but the reason <laughs> that I put that out was just because I was like, you know, I know that people would want to read this story. Mm-hmm. I think this is like the right time for it, and it it was clearly because three years later you have Itonya, which yeah. is very cool. Um, so every now and then it's just like, my brain feels like, oh, you know what? Like, I feel like you have a little like wifi antenna <laughs> yeah. on the top of your like frontal lobe that like connects you to the collective unconscious. And every now and then you'll just get a little like, ding and that's an idea that you have to, you have to go for. Oh huh, man, I got to get wired into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very spotty connection. It doesn't always work. You're always resetting it. Like, is this it? Is this it? Um, but yeah, every now and then it's just that sort of like, divine moment of like Mm. people are going to want to see this i want to make it this way and then every now and then it's like this is important to me um you know and as you know the agency is my fourth book and as time is going on it's become less what people want to see and more what i want to make because it was like it was hard to to get to this place of feeling comfortable with like my ideas are enough, mm. you know, they're and more than enough. Thank you. They are now. <laughs> um, but, you know, to get to that place, it's like, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before in terms of like, you're writing and everything. You have to fucking slog oh, yeah. through everything. Yeah. And like my journey to book for has been 10 years yeah. of a lot of times just eating absolute shit, going to a show and people aren't, buying your stuff or you know getting the bad review or you know maybe you had an idea in your head and it didn't pan out the way you wanted and you know having to go to kinko's so much to copy zines that people think you work there and you know (laughs) like spending your food money to go to like you know kinko's or like go to fedex and make sure that you know somebody has a copy of your zine because they want you to publish you want them to publish you all that kind of stuff like you know just eating absolute shit and now that it's like well the voice that i started with is the same voice that i have now it's just that people read it and they like it and they want more of it so now i feel less like inhibited like my first book like nurse nurse was again it was very much that like barbarella model where it's like if i keep sort of like the the nastier things at like an arm's length then I have an in, you yeah. know, and people will, will like me and, you know, whatever. And then as time has gone on, like the subject matter has gotten darker and darker and darker. And it's like, oh, people still want it. You know, even you can see that trajectory in the agency. You know, you start with like Agent 8, which is fun, space sex. Yeah. And then you, and then you get
0: into like cult. Yeah. Ritual visions. Cult
2: fucking. And then like, you know, like, <laughs> like a evil scientists like hidden away in like a bunker in you know brazil or something (laughs) like doing sex experiments like you know sarah wrote that but i I would never have drawn that if you know i hadn't gone through all that like muck first yeah have you experienced
0: any pushback or hesitation or censorship from any publisher i'm presuming not no. Christian Corvette but no <laughs>
2: no I've never I've been I like to think fortunate but I also like I am very sensitive and I I think that's another you know approach just having the knowledge of, like you know I am a woman making this stuff and even though I enjoy exposing this sort of like part of my brain to the world I'm also very cautious yeah in that like I don't want to be too vulnerable or too available because that is that can come back and bite you really, really quickly. Um and so, you know, I tend not to push boundaries in the same way that maybe like a Minara could. Yeah. Because to me that's just not worth it. You know? And also and that's not really where my my interests lie, you know, as like an artist or like a pervert or you're not, a, you're like not that. a provocateur no i'm not i'm not really um you know it, it's not like it's not performative to me in yeah. a certain way um so yeah so i'm i'm not interested in like being a, a persona that's out there or whatever do you know what i mean like, yeah
0: i guess i'm curious what the process of pitching something like my pretty vampire mm-hmm. or the agency is with Fantagraphics, are you like yeah. having conversations about the level of sexual explicitness or sexual surrealism or mm-hmm. perversity or fetishism?
2: It's with Fanta. It's very getting into Fantagraphics was tough. Yeah, like that. You know, that was a a year process. Yeah, and that was something that I just stuck my claws in, and I was like, no. I'm not going anywhere. This is what I want and this needs to happen. And so that was a challenge because, you know, there's no book at Phanagra... There's no book out right now that you can point to that's like, oh, yeah, that's like My Pretty Vampire. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, No comps. And so, yeah, exactly. And so there's nothing to measure it against in terms of like, how is this book going to do? Is it worth, you know taking a risk and doing a giant hardcover color book about like a vampire that's like horned up you know yeah with no major plot arc or you know no sequel or (sighs) an ending that makes people happy or anything like that um no she just kind of like fucks and kills yeah exactly exactly what I want to read so tries uh, on some dresses perfect yeah I mean this listen this book sounds great so (laughs) so you know going and like not even so much selling the story to Fanta because I I do think they are like story-wise they're very open-minded and that range that comes out from their books is very broad yeah but I think the art was what was where the associate publisher Eric was getting pause Because he was just like, he had never really seen anything like it. Again, there's nothing really comparable at Fantagraphics or really anywhere. And that's not me tooting my own horn. But I really try to think of, like, who are my sort of aesthetic peers. And it's like, it's a bunch of dead Italian guys (laughs) who were horny 30 years ago. (laughs) So that is, that's a tough sell for anybody. Sure. And You know, it's just the right niche. Exactly. Yeah. For me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The right people will get it, you know? Yeah. Um, But ultimately, you know, I was very lucky in that um, Jack Cohen, who's, who, you know, does publicity and marketing for Fantagraphics really went to bat for the book. And I also, I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, she brought it to like this sort of jury of Gary Groth and Eric like two men like major men in in comics publishing you know who have like a very distinct vision and was able to kind of like kick it over the field goal and get the book to happen um so I'm like eternally grateful to Jack for that I think she's fantastic I hope she stays at Fantagraphics forever (laughs) um but uh but yeah I think and there's there's kind of like a new guard coming into Fanta cool um which I think is great and you know Publishing is changing so much, and, yeah. and whatever. And when the book was a hit, they my pretty vampire, my pretty vampire was yeah. a hit. Mm-hmm. That's great. It sold out really quickly. Mazel tov. Um, thank you. We are doing a second printing now. That's in soft cover. Cool. Um, and it, you know, it was just like it all happened really, really quickly, which is awesome. Um, sometimes you know it takes forever, and there's word of mouth and everything. But it was like, oh, you know, we built up. I had built up enough with my two books previous that this worked. And so when the time came to say to Eric, hey, I want to do this compilation of all these dirty comics I did, you know, a couple of years ago. He was like, yep, send them. Great. Send them in. <laughs> So I, I don't know that it was necessarily. So, so,
0: the, so your advice is <laughs> work really hard, then you'll have a hit, mm-hmm. then the one of the great indie publishers will just publish whatever weird <laughs> sex stuff uh, you want.
2: I think it was really, it was such an easy yes, you know? It was just like, yeah, of course we got to do that, you know? And then it was just kind of me, like, scrambling around, like, I don't remember where I saved that one. I don't I mean, my al- scans. Yeah, but also,
0: like, you put in the work. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really, it's really good shit. Thank it's you. not like, you know, yeah. some like vague sketches it's like I don't know it's really it's,
2: it's not re- it's not really it's really it's not like cheesy it it's very real to me and I and I like that a lot but yeah I don't know that it was necess- I don't think it was like a Tex Avery type situation where like Eric saw like dollar signs in his eyes or anything <laughs> like that I did get I actually I haven't gotten flack really from like publishers on any of this stuff but I have seen like reviews pop up that were like this was a money grab. Mm. Or you know um, it, the it, price it, is high or whatever, and it's like you know what? It's a it's this is business. It's showbiz, it's, honey. That's showbiz, kid. The price is high because one, it's from the imprint of Fantagraphics, so it's not their main line. So this is like Fantagraphics Underground. So those these are very limited runs. So that's a. Uh, B. You know, it's a full color giant comic book again, which I love to make. And see, you know, it's like this is. I'm putting certain things in my life at stake to put this kind of work out. Totally. You're going to fucking pay whatever it costs. Hell yeah. Do you know what I mean? I sure do. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like, again, you know, we put our, we put our names on what we do, you know, and not saying that anyone deserves any kind of blowback for like sexual expression, but you know, we have to be honest with ourselves too. Like, about the world that we live in and the country that we live in and you know it's to me it should be twice as much (laughs) well
0: it's a deal at twice the price
2: (laughs) thank you well skelly
0: (laughs) i you know to bury the lead one of the reasons that having this conversation with you is so exciting is that i feel like You've been blazing a trail of weirdo feminist, you know, and I mean, feminist just in the sense that there's like female subjectivity, which like the bar is very low, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, um, exactly. uh, but uh, you know, like just where I like it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> low brow, low bar, <laughs> feminism. But you know, it's it's pervy, it's kinky. There is a lot. There's a lot of female desire. There's a lot of queer desire, and uh, um, so the the fact that I am writing my first comic right now this year, after a lifetime of being a comic book fan, so including cool. erotic comics, uh, you know, l- later when it was appropriate, starting. Mm-hmm the day I turned 18 mm-hmm. before that no interest of course after that <laughs> back rooms but um uh so yeah so I'm so I'm I'm writing this comic called safe sex it will have lots of explicit sex scenes but it's also about sex culture and sex politics and 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 identity and the way that uh and and the relationship between sex and power uh and um because we were talking about this a little bit before, because it is like an adventure story in like a serialized comic book, there are some, I feel like I'm learning a lot about like writing action adventure. um, And like the only storytelling that I have known how to do before this is like porno storytelling Mm -hmm. where it's like, what's the motivation? Like, she ordered a pizza and she's lonely. That's like really deep, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But uh, but, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's in the moments that I'm really trying to get the sex scenes and the bodies and the identities and the fashion. And the atmosphere of everything in Safe Sex Right, including working with Michael Dowling, who's doing my interiors, and Tula Lote, who's doing the covers. I it, it just feels really good that there are weirdos making weird sex comics in the world today as well. Um, <laughs> uh, because, you know, the agency is not necessarily like a comp for safe sex. Although I do feel like if you like the agency, you'll like safe sex and vice versa. Absolutely. When there are moments where I'm like, should I have, I I really shouldn't say anything specific, but it's like, should I have this sex act? Should I have this sex toy? Can I have this sexual torture? Can I have this sexual dynamic? Like, you know, there are moments when I'm like, I both feel inspired by, like, all of these, like, piles of erotic comics that we have before us, but also just, like, l- I don't know, kind of like what you were saying, that, that you 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 were inspired by, like, horny Italian guys who were horny 30 <laughs> years ago and oh. are dead now. Yep. Maybe still horny. Oh, um, absolutely still horny from the afterlife, yep,
2: yeah.
0: 100%. <laughs> um, but it's really, it's just amazing that you are are also, like, pushing those boundaries and breaking those barriers right now. So thank you for listening to that fearless part of your right brain. That's just like,
2: let's just splatter this everywhere and we'll figure, (laughs) we'll figure it out later. Well, thank you so much for reading it. What comes out of there? That's very cool. I, I do hope that more, you know, sort of young cartoonists dabble around in, in erotic stuff and feel less, pressure to conform to any sort of genre with it Mm -hmm. because I do even if let's say you go to draw some erotica and you're like you know what this isn't really my thing there are so many different facets to storytelling that you can tell yeah that you can explore because it's just like you know why again what's the motivation for your characters having sex like are they having sex how do you you know portray arousal or sensuality? Or, de- or desire or yearning or exactly or or frustration yeah and those are things i mean all of those emotions and sensations will serve you in other stories you know yeah i think the reason that i could draw like a lusty a blood lusty vampire so well is because i went and took the time to you know, figure out how to draw somebody being super horny. (laughs) It's all, it's, you know, same coin. Cool. Yeah. Well, what are you working on now? I am finishing up a tarot deck. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Also
0: very sexy. Thank
2: you. Um, Bad girl tarot. And so that I'm hoping to have available to the public in like mid to late September of this year. Um, So that's very exciting. What a project. Oh my God. Yeah. Exhausting. I completely underestimated how hard this was going to be. Did you also write like a guide? Um, I didn't do a guide because I didn't feel like I was qualified yet. Mm -hmm. Although I love tarot and obviously I went through and drew all this stuff myself. I'm still like, what if somebody takes my interpretations and they like do something? Do you know what I mean? I'm like, you know, it's one thing to like, get horned up for a comic book <laughs> but if you're trying to i don't know close on a house or something and now <laughs> and now you're like it's like damn I my took advice Katie's, like kelly's oh, advice kelly said you know the queen of swords would be good for this like that can't do that i feel like um, the queen
0: of swords actually would be a very good card to take into closing a deal say? yeah <laughs> like
2: i can't but um yeah so i didn't do a guide but um just you know it's it's product design it's a different Interesting. situation than i've a book is you know it's three-dimensional obviously but you're looking at like a page you know that is something I can handle but now it's like I'm looking at a tuck box and I'm looking at you know all kinds of other shenanigans and dimensions what is it dimensions (laughs) that's not anything I'm knowing about in my regular practice so um so I'm doing that and I'm writing a, a new long story and I'm hoping to put out a very long book next year cool yes does it have fucking in it it is insane oh great it's it is insane it's insane with fucking and sexual tension and fear and it's uh true you're singing a, my song yeah it's a true crime cool which is new oh, to me. Shit. yeah and it's it's funny because you know we talk about like the collective unconscious yeah. wi-fi antenna i'm making a little unicorn yeah, yeah, <laughs> motion yeah for those who cannot see me which is everyone um i you know I saw a trailer for the new Lizzie Borden movie. Oh, Have you yeah. you seen that with yeah, Chloe yeah. First of all, that's going to be so fucking hot. So and hot. Ridiculous. And Kristen Sto- Speaking yes. of maids. I know. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. she like fuck her maid? Yes. Yeah. But the story that I'm writing and started writing like two years ago is about the Pan sisters who are two maids in the 30s in France who killed their patron family.
0: Is that the
2: Genet play? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the maids is based on that. Okay, the maids is very different from the actual case. Wait, are you are you say, are you suggesting <laughs> that Genet Can embellished? I know. <laughs>
0: on a true crime story. Believe it? I can't believe it. I can't. But, um, I li- I literally can't. Um, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And Claude Chabrol adapted a story about it too. Which um, what is the name of the film? I can't think of it uh la ceremony oh cool which is isabel huppert oh my god yeah which is speaking of the queen of sex and fear i know my queen like of my life everything i do is for isabel and one day she'll know no um what's your favorite isabel huppert movie uh piano teacher yeah i saw it we played it at film forum oh cool and we played it like on thanksgiving because i (laughs) i love my job but seeing it i've seen it so many times but i've only ever seen it in the privacy of my own home when you go and see it on the big screen yeah. with an audience on Thanksgiving, you really feel that degradation and humiliation that she is feeling. That scene where she is taking out all of her like S&M instruments uh-huh, uh-huh. and presenting them like in her mother's house to oh, this yeah. young guy, it is. I never realized how sad that scene was yeah. until I saw it with a bunch of other people.
0: That's a very good movie about... That manages to display kink and sadomasochism in a like psychopathic way Mm -hmm. that makes it very clear that the, the pathology comes from the repression, not the desire. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's very important.
2: I mean, L is definitely a new contender for me as well. Yeah, L mm-hmm. is kind of
0: also a movie about like somebody being really fucked up and twisted about sex. Well, it's not actually about that. That's not her, her. The way that she's fucked up and twisted is not about repression, but like about like being a woman under patriarchy, mm. where it's like sometimes you just got to make some fun out of a horrible situation of living in a horrible society. Mm -hmm. And she like
2: makes her own fun. Yeah. (laughs) One thing you can say about Isabel, she just makes her own fun. That's like, that's every, she's, she's got one note. No, I'm just kidding. She's the best. My I saw fa- her in a play. Really? I like what was that like? money. She was in The Maids, but I didn't see it. Oh, my God. That was no, a wait, couple you know, years ago. I with Cate like Blanchett. Yes. I, I remember
0: know. actually seeing that advertised. Uh, that would have been really fucking good. I, I mean. Did they like switch roles every night or that that kind of thing?
2: Yes. Yes. They would pretend being the, the mistress every night. Right, and right, there right. It was a big ordeal. and Oh, my God. It's so good. But all of that is to say. That I am writing my own version of the Papan sister story. That's great. And I Where did
0: they have an incestuous relationship? Allegedly. Yeah.
2: So do they a lot have an do. incestuous relationship in your story? Of course, it's <laughs> me. Like, yes, but it's um, there. It's funny because when I go go to write the older sister. It's very clear from all of the, like, facts and police reports and stuff that I've read that she was a psychopath yeah. manipulating her younger sister who was just emotionally disturbed and kind of not present. Yeah. But as I've been writing her, I write her more and more sympathetically.
0: I feel like you have a lot of sympathy for I the do. psychopath. I
2: like the monsters, you know? I like, Yeah. I get it. I get it. But I also am... Um, really looking at it from a class perspective, yeah. too, because I think that's something that's been largely ignored in, like, the Genet telling of it. Yeah. The Chabrol telling of it is insanely unkind to the upper class, which I like. Yeah, oh, I like that, too. You know, because the, um, they're not sisters in it, um, and only one of them is a maid, but she, the maid is illiterate. Interesting. Which adds this whole other level because this sort of upper middle class family is like well why don't you just get glasses like why don't we just send you to learn how to read why don't we just and she's so the maid is just so humiliated by like that secret being found out you know that she just kind of loses all empathy for them immediately and i'm like that is such a good twist Awesome, it's so so good. Um, but all that is to say, <laughs> do you know what the book is going to be called? A, um, I'm just calling it maids. Cool. I'm calling it maids. We'll see if you know Fanta or whoever wants do you to maid fetish. It. I might. I love uniforms. I do. Okay. I love uniforms. I've never really like explored it because I just haven't. It's it's difficult for me to like find partners who I feel comfortable exploring these kinds of areas with well you have your 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 art for that yeah (laughs) that's true but it's also like
0: (laughs) is this a personal ad are you looking are Ah. you are you like made for wait are you made for maid or are you like looking for (laughs) a maid are
2: you are you looking for a maid (laughs) I mean maids itself might actually be my personal ad I'm looking for another maid to kill the upper class with and they, they were like satanic too <sighs> i know it's perfect As if it wasn't already sold they, they like gouged their eyeballs out are the, you serious yeah. not the, of the victims oh were wow very severe i mean that that's why that case was so it lit up like the french media because they were just like this is inexplicable these two young girls just murdered Two other women and gouge their eyeballs. Out. I mean
0: sometimes I feel like gouging out the eyeballs of the bourgeoisie, you of know course, what I mean?
2: of course. But like, what a story. And then
0: is Satan gonna show up with his cold dick and
2: I haven't you know
0: fuck I'm their, their, thinking... their empty eye sockets.
2: <laughs> I would try to like to restrain myself a little bit <laughs> in that area. I don't think it's going to be magical realism so much okay. as maybe I've gone into before. Because I do think there is a story there that is Compelling enough on its own, yeah, yeah. You know, like and maybe someone could have a, a dream about Satan. Now, is this a personal ad for you? <laughs> are you looking you got for? Me. <laughs> <laughs> you are looking for some Satan play. I don't even know what we would call that. Satan play is a new thing I invented. Again, it's going to be on OK Cupid in any minute. Definitely check it off on Definitely. your profile.
0: But yeah, Prince of Darkness, <laughs> um Princess of Darkness. <laughs> well i cannot fucking wait to read it thank you i can't wait to read your comic thanks man and congratulate welcome to
2: comics man
0: yeah it's nice to be here it's,
2: we're glad to have you it's good to have you thank we you more like you
0: well we should definitely do some events yeah i would love that cool Perfect. uh watch out 2019 when
2: do you think your book is going to come out in 2019 christ i don't know is Fanta going to publish it? I don't know yet. Okay. I, I need to get further along in the process. Cool. And the other thing is I also signed on to do a bunch of like exhibitions next year. Cool. Which is great. Um, in New York? Uh, no, there's actually one in, in Ireland that I'm going to do. Can you believe that? That's uh, that's awesome. I get, I get to go to all these places, which is really, really, really cool. And possibly something in Austin, Texas as well. Cool. So a bunch of stuff. But um, yeah, it's all really good. Skelly, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me on my website, which is Katie And I'm also on Instagram and my username is at Skelly Skelly Skelly, which is kind of what I've got going on now. I cool. love Instagram. It's been really good for me.
0: Yeah. Surprisingly right? unexpectedly yeah. for me
2: too. Gotta get on the ground. <laughs> gotta get it into it for gotta the get on story. Stories is where it's at.
0: Love I, stories. I have definitely gotten into I'm I'm very excited that you can put music on stories oh, now no. and gifts I'm very good at telling stories with music so mm-hmm. even if it's just a little clip I feel like I've really it's really upped my my game anyway you <laughs> talk about the the social meds but everybody follow us <laughs> yeah everybody follow us yeah. and anything coming up like in the rest of 2018 that you want to plug or everybody gotta I I cannot endorse the agency more will you sign my copy by the way absolutely yeah fantastic yeah and um yeah anything else coming up
2: um the agency for sure um my pretty vampire is coming out in its second edition right in right soft cover cool um i believe that's going to be um october so that's like oh, perfect. perfect timing for that and i'm gonna be at a bunch of shows coming up i'm doing um i'm sure this will be after the fact but I'm doing the Boise arts comics arts festival this weekend. Um, and then I'll be at CXC in Columbus in September. Um, I'm actually doing the Brooklyn book fest cool. in September, which feels very fancy. It's like me and, you know, like Jonathan Ames or something, but yeah. there's a bunch of other people too, but it's also like schmancies and me. Um, and then most likely I'll be at mice, um, which is a show in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And probably um, Comic Arts Brooklyn. Yeah. Cool. So I'll be oh, yeah. The that's um, the
0: desert. That's Gabe from mm-hmm. Desert Islands yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for going on an erotic comic journey <laughs> with me. Thank you for
2: coming with me. Oh, my God. That was really fun. I hope that people enjoy listening to this.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, is there any erotic comic that, we, that you haven't recommended yet that you want to leave us with?
2: Um, yes, it's not erotic, but it is very, very funny, and it's about sex, and it's a comic called Someone Please Have Sex With Me <laughs> by Gina Winbrandt, and it is fucking hilarious. It's so, so good. You have to look it up. It's like, yeah, it's it's a girl who is just, she really wants to get fucked, and she's having a hard time.
0: Yeah, it's cool also to think about how comics can be a good medium to talk about sexuality not necessarily in a way that is like depicts sex or is mm-hmm. designed to arouse yeah. like even like Jack the Stripper's Striptastic <gasps> oh, I which she was we, we were talking about how that gets like filed under erotica yeah. and it's like this is this is not like an erotic story this is like nonfiction about right. sex work exactly that has tits
2: in it <laughs> and the funny thing is about Gina's comic is like she will straight up be like yeah this is a, this is a one ad like the, someone please have sex like this is real so <laughs> I highly recommend that. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Hold
1: up.